I don't understand it. Just like I don't understand Snapchat. My kids just take pictures of their foreheads and I don't understand why. <laughs> Welcome to episode 29 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Rory. And we're just a bunch of humanists talking about various topics that relate to our world and from a humanist perspective. So it's 2020. Yay. Yay. <laughs> it so, didn't start out very great. I, know. I lied about the whole like, we're in a better uh, timeline now. It's you know, not, honestly, when uh, by January 3rd, your comment on how 2020 was going to be a better year was <laughs> replaying in my head. As uh, I, I remember, I retweeted a journalist, and he basically the only tweet that he sent that was, "It's only January 3rd." <laughs> <laughs> and by January 3rd, we were already in the midst of World War Three. And <laughs> oh God, I know there was maybe like what happened? one minute after midnight, and then it was done. <laughs> It, we had such a hopeful start, and then it all went to crapper. Mm. Was it a hopeful start? I think we were all hopeful that it would change, and but like you can't change it; you just got to sit through it. Uh, yeah, it's not going to turn on a dime. We have to yeah. get some kind of a bigger shift in order to get us to that better timeline that you're hoping for. I know. I think just like the idea that we were moving into a new decade and a new year like kind of made us think like, oh, it's a blank slate and and all this crappy stuff that, you know, I don't know, the US has done and that the world has done, like it's all going to go away and we're on a blank slate and we can fix this. We're in a new decade. Our blank slate slate has already been stained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's depressing. Okay, well, why don't we talk about something even more depressing today? Good note, good note to start on. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about social media and uh, some topics related to it. And, you know, social media is pretty prevalent in our lives now, and it has definitely changed our world. Um, but there are some issues that have been popping up on the topic of social media, especially with Facebook. So I think uh, uh, when... We asked someone, you know, what what social media platform is the most problematic? I think a lot of people immediately think of Facebook. Well, a lot of the other platforms don't really have a chance to be problematic. Like uh, Snapchat I, is just pictures, really. Well, I guess you can put I, like captions I, on pictures. I feel like, I mean, even all those platforms are could potentially be problematic. So um, even like TikTok, which is kind of the more, uh, the fastest growing one right now. Um, but maybe let's let's break it down in terms of the topics step by step. So, uh, I mean, from your perspective, you know, what platform or what issues kind of really stand out to you when it comes to social media, maybe on the negative side? Well, I'll jump in on this because the first thing that spreads out or sticks out to me is the spread of disinformation through mm -hmm. social media platforms. Because I keep a few people with um, opposing political views on my Facebook. Are they family members or friends? People I knew from high school who I, I'm not an excommunicator like some people. I don't routinely cleanse my Facebook, so they just kind of jangle around in there and I see <laughs> what they believe. And I just, 
am constantly feeling like I should intervene and so say, you don't engage. Do you, you don't engage in comments. I or don't like because I've seen how fruitless it is to engage in their comment sections and try to correct them on these things they post. It has led to other people actively purging me from their Facebook, mm-hmm. and so I just quietly observe and feel sad about the false information that I see essentially going viral through certain networks. Mm-hmm. I find that too, like, especially if there's something I disagree with, I always have to stop myself because I have tried to engage before, but it usually ends up going down this rabbit hole that no one really cares about. And then I've wasted half of my day <laughs> replying mm-hmm. to comments. Yeah. And nobody really listens on the internet. Like people just react. They don't really listen. So I definitely don't engage anymore. I used to. But now it's more passive aggressive, I think. So like if one of, and it's usually my family members, if one of my family members posts some like incorrect uh, meme or whatever it is, then I'll just find the correct Snopes article and like attach it to their Oh, I've totally done that too. (laughs) Every time I do it. Many times I see a posting, I'm like, I know this is wrong. I'm just going to find a Snopes article and I'll post it with no comment. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. No comments attached, just here's the correct information. I actually actually do one step better because I will actually post the Snopes comment. uh, Sorry, the post, uh, the Snopes link. And then I'll go into the option in the post to actually turn off notifications for that post. <laughs> so no matter, even if they reply back or try it's to It's not going to clog up your feed. I'm never going to see it. People just ignore me when I post the Snopes now. They just don't engage with me. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> so I post with no comment. And I'm just like, here you go. You're either going to inform yourself or you're not. So... I don't know. I kind of give up. And then sometimes when I see family members posting um, a news article that I don't think is correct or I think is misinformed, I will post an opposite one on my own wall. And then, yeah. And then, or, or just in general, just posting stuff that I know is against my family's beliefs because... You're a bit of an antagonist, I guess. (laughs) I'm just passive aggressive about it. This is why they're going to just ignore you. Yeah, and that's fine. But I feel like I'm throwing something into the void of my family that maybe they'll hear it. Maybe Mm -hmm. one of them. So, I mean, this brings up the question of, you know, should Facebook be policing content? Um, So I I think everyone's familiar with uh, Mark Zuckerberg who showed up. um, Is it Congress or... Whatever they, whatever the Senate, the Senate. Did you go to the Senate, so, something like that. You know, in the U.S., uh, basically. <laughs> so, Alexandria uh, Ocasio Cortez uh, had a very direct conversation slash challenge to Mark about whether she could post a false, uh, a false, some false content for an ad around Republicans supporting the Green New Deal. So. Um, and of course, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's answers was not very convincing. It doesn't, he did, I mean, at the end of the day, Mark is not great in public, mm-hmm. even though he's the CEO, he's just a very poor, complete, very, very awkward human being, uh, who is not great at being challenged. So, uh, even though he's the CEO, I feel like he definitely should not be on the stage because mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 he doesn't provide any really convincing arguments or uh, answers. But, uh, but I'm assuming you guys have seen that clip of uh, AOC. No. Okay. I know about Elizabeth Warren, though, where she posted 
um, a political ad saying that Mark Zuckerberg had endorsed uh, Trump and like went through this whole thing. And so like in the ad, it said, uh, you're probably shocked. Uh, and you might be thinking, how could this possibly be true? Well, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like she admitted in the ad that it's not true. And just be to be like, hey, look, you shouldn't allow people to post incorrect information. Like mm-hmm. fact is fact. And we yeah, need to follow that. At the that same time, can. I mean, this is an ad. Like you're paying money to put an ad. And if you were to do the equivalent on a billboard, that would be allowed, wouldn't it? Or if you hired, let's say, a plane to write a lie in the sky for mm-hmm. a political purpose, that would also be allowed. Yeah, there's a strange acceptance of uh, lying for one's mm-hmm. own political gain. And think about all the political. I mean, we're not in the U.S. We're in Canada, but if you, you know, I travel to the U.S. and I'm unfortunately when I turn on the TV, I'm forced to watch some of these political ads. I mean, those ads could contain lies, but it's allowed. Mm-hmm. Stephen Lecce right now is lying about the teachers' union. So okay, I don't know about that. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bunch. It's an of ad things. on TV. Um, or... things that he says publicly are not true about sort of what we're fighting for as a teachers' union and and stuff well, like that. Maybe and... you can put this into context for me, Sherry. I recently saw something. I'm not sure if it was from the the Star or the Sun. Whichever one has the conservative leaning, I'm guessing, posted this. I think Sun. Was about, uh, star. I don't know. Both. The, the Sun is con- more conservative. Okay. It was about parents holding children hostage, and it was an attack ad against teachers. Parents holding children hostage? Yeah, How that so? was the headline. I With, Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> In their house, they're like, you can't go, you're grounded. I think it might be related to the type of curriculum or things that they're being told they have to learn but i i'll be honest i didn't is dig, it teachers holding kids i didn't hostage? dig too is deeply. that what you mean teachers or holding students or teachers holding students hostage oh. was the headline oh okay maybe just that they're striking i don't know i don't i really don't know i'd hope that you just encountered that but that's <laughs> no. okay i mean there's so many lies out there i've stopped reading them because they just make me furious but like what were some against the teachers union that you were hinting at well um he was saying that he was showing up to the bargaining table and that they were all prepared and we kept getting notices from our union saying yeah they didn't show up they didn't come prepared to talk about this we told them ahead of time we were talking about this and they have not shown up so he's not telling the truth Mm. Mm -hmm. so Going back to Facebook and social media, there, there's this interesting comparison we can make. I mean, Facebook is not a media, it's not a like a newspaper company. Uh, they're not uh, reporters. It's literally a platform to yeah. aggregate information and uh, allow people to access. And, dis- and it, the platform also obviously disseminates information. So I think it's, the dissemination is the problematic part yeah, of it, though. But the... You know, TV stations, radio stations do the same thing. and It's actually in the law that Facebook can't be sued for the content generated by its users. Mm-hmm. So they are protected on that front, which is why mm-hmm. you see the spread of so Ex- many. Exactly. Like Facebook is not a content um, a creator or generator. And that's kind of more in line with almost like a, a media company where mm-hmm. they're disseminating information. So it's, it does bring up a question about... If, if 
if Facebook, uh, if Facebook is essentially following the existing model where you know TV stations do not have to uh, essentially fact check ads, does Facebook really should Facebook really be fact checking ads or uh, postings? I mean, Facebook. Uh, I mean, we can go through some of the things that Facebook has currently done. Uh, so, depending on the posting, sometimes they will flag a post as um, probably uh, hate speech would be one. Yeah, actually, so they have certain rules. So, obviously, if there's uh, violence, it gets banned. Uh, if it's uh, hate speech, it gets banned usually. Uh, if it's <laughs> if it's flagged, uh, but then when it comes to these political ads, because it's kind of it's it's not it doesn't uh, it doesn't show nudity it doesn't uh, show violence it just it, shows bold faced lies it <laughs> could be a I mean it's a lie but uh, because they are not the arbiter of truth they will allow it so it's very similar to like a TV uh, TV channel or a newspaper like even if you think about conservative newspapers I mean they are gonna allow whatever they want. <laughs> In, in their newspaper, and even the same with uh, more progressive newspapers, right? They, they have that determination of, I will put uh, what I want in this piece of uh, media. This seems like a good point for me to bring up, though, that we risk turning it into a very unequal platform if we do this, because for political ads in particular, there's money involved in how frequently the ads are shown and mm -hmm. and such. And so if you're telling lies but you're able to tell your lies the loudest because you put the most money into it mm -hmm. shouldn't that be problematized i but that doesn't also, that put but, some onus on facebook but it, that's also on the tv space right like so for example trump he outspends everyone on in tv ads and also in facebook ads so it i mean we're facebook is just doing what we've always done in TV and, mm -hmm. and newspapers. So it, it's interesting that there's this huge kind of backlash against Facebook when we've been doing this with every other medium for the last, what, 50 years? So. I think the difference, though, is that bubble that we get put into when we go into that feedback loop. So where you start, like, clicking on links that are, you know, maybe... Um, I don't want to say triggering because I hate that word now, but like triggering to you where you're like, oh, I want to read that or, oh, I disagree with that or something like that. And then Facebook generates more of that con like content for you. So you get stuck in this loop of um, the same content. So it keeps getting fed back to you. So that's where a lot of the problem comes out. Uh, because I read a bit about the uh, New Zealand Christchurch uh, mosque shooting and how the... So what happened was um, there was a live stream of the actual shooting that didn't get taken down until like 12 minutes or so after the, after the video ended. Um, and the reason why a lot of people say that he did this shooting was because he kept getting this feedback loop of violent so, well uh you know when you post a video or start streaming a video um the video continued to gain popularity as more and more viewers view the video but because it's a live video 
the moderators will not be able to quickly flag it because what what do you actually need to flag a video? You actually need people to to watch the video and then flag the video. So I, I think it's it's almost a reflection of um, our society when people are watching these videos. Do people automatically think this is wrong and I'm going to flag it or I'm going to just keep watching it? I think the oh the hypothesis here is actually people continue to watch it without flagging it, which is why it took so long for them to take the video down. The But also the other point is that like that shooter who did this got stuck in that neo-Nazi feedback loop mm-hmm. where he actually got ideas from it to do this. That's what people have sort of said is mm-hmm. that the shooter found the ideas through this feedback loop, he right? Was receiving feedback? Well, well, no, no, no. Like, so like when you go on Facebook, they, they attach certain tags to your account, right? So okay. like things that you click on. So maybe I like dogs and um, I like, so then I'm looking at dog posts and I'll get more and more dog posts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and more and more advertisements. With, yeah, it's the same it. thing with Google ads, right? The moment uh, you uh, go into a website for guitars, suddenly you see ads for guitars this everywhere. This happened to me with, uh, with comic books. I bought a couple comic books off Amazon and now my feed is just comics okay. everywhere. Exactly. So when you go onto a website uh, that's maybe more right-leaning, maybe a little bit more crazy you kind of uh go into this uh loop where the type of ads that you see the type of postings that you see align with your uh, view of the world and that's that's how uh, social media keeps you on the platform because it keeps feeding you what you want to see so um i don't know if this is a theory or if they've figured this out that the guy just found a whole bunch of content about neo-Nazis and violence against, you know, the other people that uh, he, it, like, induced him to go and do this. I see what you're saying. Like, he yeah. he found himself in this echo chamber of mm-hmm. just reverberating the viewpoint of hate back at him from every corner that he looked because Facebook has created this enclosed space that feeds you things you're interested in. And some of the things that he got fed triggered him to do this. I understand. They were very specific about violence against, mm-hmm. you know, not the white man, but like, you know, people who go to a mosque or Jewish people or whatever the other, the yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is a dangerous element. Be feeding information that can build up hate. Mm-hmm. And like it's spreading misinformation as well because i know that facebook got in a lot of hot water recently or maybe not so recently about the anti-vax stuff so when Mm. you looked up the word vaccinate on the search bar it would automatically the first things that came up were like about Mm anti-vax stuff yeah so i mean it still goes back to you know should facebook be policing this and you know when it comes to as you're comparing different platforms Facebook is not doing anything that's different than other um, other forms of media. So the, the, one of the things, we'll go through maybe some other things that Facebook has done to try to combat this. So I mentioned they try to flag postings that mm-hmm. could be false or controversial. And I forgot what the specific tag is, but it's actually like, it shows up on the title of the article. I normally don't see it because, well, I don't really fall down those rabbit holes. Yeah. But the other thing 
I lo- uh, that they recently have done as well as, you know, we talk about political ads and any type of ads. Um, they, on their website now, uh, you can actually go into their uh, ad library and you can actually search by various groups to actually see what groups are posting what ads. So even if they target a specific ad to a very small population, that ad is fully public so that you can actually search and actually find it. And this creates a lot of visibility in terms of if you wanted to see uh, all the ads that Donald Trump is using and targeting, you can find it on their ad library to try to create that visibility so that people can fact check his uh, like Donald Trump's ads mm-hmm. uh, much more easily versus letting Facebook do the, all the fact checking. They want to let enable other people to fact check it. Um, and I think it's really interesting. So I did go down this little rabbit hole of actually comparing uh, Donald Trump's ads. And I went through Bernie Sanders' ads and Elizabeth Warren's ads. I, I think actually, to be honest, I think Donald Trump's digital marketing team is really, really good. Like uh, when I went through his ads, they're just very, very well targeted, like mm-hmm. very specific keywords to capture as many of their demographics as possible. They actually tailor all their ads to very specific groups of people, uh, like veterans who are injured or veterans who are, you know, um, uh, in this location, hunters, things like that. I mean, they're very, very specific ads. And I, I personally found, like, the Bernie Sanders and the Elizabeth Warren ads, they were very... Too general? General, very yeah. fluffy, like... We all love everyone. I'm just like, oh, no, this is not how you're going to win. <laughs> and it's surprising they haven't realized that yet because that's something that I've heard about as well is that the reason he won in 2016 was because of these Facebook ads that he had mm-hmm. that really targeted a specific audience that he knew he needed to get. Yeah. And we do have to keep in mind, obviously, like Donald Trump has significantly more money as well mm-hmm. to actually uh, have people spend time targeting these ads. And in terms of the spending... Um, uh, like the top spender is Donald Trump. He's like probably like spending five times more than Bernie or Elizabeth. So he can afford the best. He can he can afford the best, and uh, I think you know the Democrats sooner or later need to kind of pull their money together to actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, this brings us circling back to to social media as an unequal platform because Donald can can pump as many funds as he wants. Do we need? Do you think a a spending cap. I know that this would be kryptonite but to Facebook, why, but to cap the amount but of. Why do people believe in these ads? Like it, when you look at the ads, it's very clearly an ad. Like it says right there, this is an ad sponsored, like paid for by. Sure. I think it's also to me a, a failure of people's ability to. You're putting in the onus on the citizens. I'm then. putting the onus on the citizens. I mean, just being real here. I mean. We see ads all the time on TV and whatnot. I mean, you must know you're being influenced and you're being encouraged to buy products or think a different way. And sure. at least with, with Facebook, it's it's pretty clear this is an ad. I don't know. I don't know if everyone has the same analytical skills as we do in this room or the more educated public who have a post-secondary education can have for the critical thinking to see through these ads and see what they really are. It, it might be too high of a bar to set for the citizen, which is why I would lean more towards capping and engineering 
from the structural institutional level just saying you can't spend this much money mm-hmm. on ads. I, I can agree with un- that. I, uneven platform. Yeah, I, I like that idea. And, you know, obviously, I think it was mentioned, you know, Twitter banned all they uh, did. political yes. ads, which is, uh, uh, I think, an interesting move on their part because they essentially yeah. now have divorced themselves of the issue. And I, I, uh, Jack Dorsey, who runs Twitter, you know, he challenged Facebook to do the same. Although I... I I think maybe the only thing that he has excluded out of that conversation is, you know, he his uh, claim was, well, you know, they don't really make that much money off of. Yeah, ads. I was going to bring that up. It's but, about but face- the revenue stream. I know, but the problem <laughs> is, no one spends a lot of money on Facebook, uh, on uh, Twitter, but a lot of people spend money yeah. on Facebook. And Facebook, that is a huge revenue stream for them, including, I mean, the biggest spending from Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth is also on Facebook ads. Mm. Well, that's where the boomers are, right? Like you're not mm-hmm. going to find many boomers on Twitter. Uh, it's just but not a platform But you know what's also like. really interesting? Joe Biden doesn't spend that much on Facebook. I, nope. I'm actually surprised by that. Hmm. Like when I looked at the graph of kind of their spending. Was he right in line with Warren and Sanders? No. He is like a tiny fraction. Really? Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth are huge compared to all the other Democrats. Like almost Ooh, really? again, five times like five times larger than Andrew Yang and in terms like of that. spending on Facebook. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Oh, really? Yeah, I found that really interesting. So it's because I actually would have assumed pe- people like Joe Biden would be spending a lot of money, yeah. right? <laughs> he <laughs> seems he's, like a, a real hopeful for the and also you know he he sways towards those that demographic where they might be on <laughs> Facebook just clicking on things and yeah believing things yeah yeah people just click without thinking i think that's that's an issue too i was really interested by that whole revenue stream thing though because the article that i read was comparing in fact i think it had a a news clip of a facebook representative and a twitter representative and because twitter didn't have as much of their revenue tied up in political advertising they were able to take the moral high ground and of course and stand above uh, it's very Facebook. easy it's very easy to take the moral high ground when you don't make a lot of money yeah. <laughs> it's a moral high ground that's very shaky though because like even allowing i've heard the case made against allowing donald trump to have a twitter account mm-hmm. is like not right because he promotes a lot of hate speech right mm-hmm. so he and he has i mean in some of his postings it really sounded like he was inciting violence or implied. And that's what people say. And they say he shouldn't have an account, but yet Twitter allows him to because he generates so much interest. But you know what would be interesting is, uh, let's say he is out of, when he gets out of office or loses, hopefully, uh, if if he is out of office, will Twitter shut him down? I think that is going to be a very interesting he might still be a golden goose there might still be people flocking to know what donald thinks even if he gets the boot oh totally he's not going anywhere no he's capitalizing on it for sure as a fixture i find this really interesting there was actually a summit in 2019 in the summer the social media summit that alleged companies like i heard about it (laughs) like facebook were suppressing conservative viewpoints they want to play the victim. Like, yeah. the conservatives always play the victim. Conservatives, Christians, they play the victim. Yeah, they spend the most money on ads and are significantly more prevalent. On, I laughed out loud when I read it. There were, but there was a whole summit about this. <laughs> it's, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's I find it interesting. Um, there was recently a meeting between Donald Trump and Mark Zuckerberg. And it was a private meeting. But the idea was that because now like Warren and Biden, well, I don't actually know if Biden is, is well, Bernie Sanders is also talking about like splitting up these big tech companies and trying to clamp down on regulations. How like he had this meeting with Trump to kind of sway him away from making any of those regulations because the the rumor was Trump was going to make some regulations. Um, so it's interesting how these tech companies have this summit and they know they have this power over politics. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, uh, going back to kind of breaking up the big tech companies, you know, one in last year, Warren had an article on Medium talking about uh, why she wants to break up these big tech companies. Um, I, I'll let me give a counter opinion to that uh, because I, her her article is kind of based on two premise. It's really around uh, mergers are bad because it uh, essentially wipes out competition and limits innovation. And then the other argument is around uh, it, uh, these big companies create a pr- proprietary environment that prevents smaller companies from forming. The, the only problem with that argument is uh, when it comes to the reason why we have so many, so many of these new companies like TikTok, even though we don't, I mean, I, I'm assuming our demographic in this room here, we don't really use TikTok, but I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of it. (laughs) I don't even know what TikTok is. Anyways, (laughs) it's basically the new social media platform for teenagers right now. So the reason we have all these other companies like TikTok and Snapchat emerging is because there's a, especially with these startup companies, there's an incentive for people to start new companies because they want to be acquired. Mm-hmm. And it's that drive to want to be acquired that are actually spring up all these tiny companies. So you have you have the big players, but you have thousands and thousands of these smaller tech companies kind of testing new models. And certain ones suddenly gain immense popularity and immense scale like TikTok. So that that's kind of one of the counter arguments to mergers are bad. Is the idea that TikTok will be bought by a larger tech company and then integrated into their platform? To be honest, I'm actually a little afraid that uh, TikTok will buy other people. Oh, they're big enough to... They're big. They're big. Oh, really? And they're also controlled by the Chinese government. Oh. So to be honest, I'm actually a little afraid of TikTok. They have (laughs) the resources from the Chinese government. They're a Chinese company, so uh, they have potential. They could be influenced by the Chinese government. That's interesting. With uh, China, at least the prevailing thought regarding China is that they're bigger on censorship than... But than the West. I think that's the problem because... So they're going to bring through TikTok a new level of censorship? There's a, a level of influence and there's a question of, you know, do we want to be providing our social media information to mm-hmm. a company that's controlled by a Chinese state government? Um, and so the other argument with uh, Warren is around proprietary marketplaces. Um, I think the, she, her example was really around like Amazon, about how Amazon's uh, closing up shops and things like that. I know like Andrew Yang also uh, has this argument. I think that maybe the only issue with that is they are 
comparing Amazon uh, to the traditional you know, e-commerce business, mm. whereas Amazon now is actually a marketplace platform where you actually have thousands of small businesses using Amazon yeah. as a transactional um, marketplace. So in theory, actually, there are lots, a lot more new businesses that have been formed because of Amazon being a platform for small businesses to sell across the yeah, world. So, absolutely. So there, there's, uh, but this, I, to me, it doesn't mean um, big companies are are good. Like that's not really, I think, the the argument that I'm making. But it's around. I think we have to know the nuances in that. There's a reason why, for example, uh, there were antitrust against antitrust uh, lawsuits against Microsoft because Microsoft was really controlling the ecosystem mm-hmm. and uh, cr- uh, forcing people to use their platform versus Amazon where you can use our platform or not. It's, they're not forcing anyone to do it. So mm-hmm. I think that's where... They've just where, made themselves so attractive. Exactly. To... They've made themselves so attractive that people flock to them. Um, and there's also a reason why we don't... We all use Google Search. Mm-hmm. We don't want to use... We don't want to break up search engine to smaller pieces. We want the best, and everyone wants to use the best versus Bing. No one uses Bing, right? <laughs> Only in the movies. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> exactly. So there, there's there's a reason why scale is good because it provides customer value. But there's, but anyways, there's yeah. Obviously, there's issues that we still have to deal with. I would be very very curious to see what facebook or other platforms look like in singapore because singapore has criminalized fake news and they do hold tech companies accountable and mm-hmm. provide fines for you know displaying and making viral news out of fake news mm-hmm. well at a certain point i mean facebook platforms like facebook could exit a country right for so one example is facebook is not in china and I mean, to me, I, I actually think this is what's really good about Facebook. Facebook has a set of priorities. Their priority, you know, one of their top priorities is we will not do censorship. We will not. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, I read an Facebook's article that Facebook the... created a censorship programs and tried to sell it to China. They're not in China. Like, if you go to China, you can't use They're Facebook. not, but, like, the Chinese government didn't buy into it. Oh, so it was like a marketing ploy to get their foot in the door in China? Yeah. I see. What do you mean? (laughs) Facebook Lite. Facebook censored a new version Um, of Facebook. Oh, like a a censored Yeah, like a version of it. They tried to bring in some, like, censored software for China specifically so that Chinese citizens could go on Facebook legally. But it, yeah, it didn't that would, take that, by the that would never that would never happen. The whole the no, whole... but that that's the point is like you're saying like Facebook's taking this moral high ground no, no, of not no. being China, I, but not without I, like I, I'm not talking about moral to. high ground. I'm talking oh, about okay. like their priority. Let's think of it as a priority stack. Their priority is we don't want to uh, be people that are monitoring or kind of monitoring content and making decisions about what content uh, is allowed or not allowed. Like, that is what they're trying to avoid. Like, everything that they're doing right now is trying to avoid that. They don't want to have people looking at content unless they have to, which is why, you know, they're flagging for nudity and uh, violence. That, that is, the, that is the, the entire business model. The entire business model is we want to have as few people touching content and using the algorithm to disseminate content. But 
that's not what the Chinese government wants. The Chinese government wants someone to uh, find all the uh, anti-China postings and shut it down. Mm-hmm. So that so I I think it's not about Facebook trying to be moral, but it's about their current business model in terms of what they're trying to do. Yeah, there'd just be a real mismatch in the Chinese market. Yeah, I get it. Taking things in a in a different direction. Working for a, a professor, I've recently read some articles on how Facebook and other social media platforms open up so many new avenues for criminality and predatory criminality just based on how much information people themselves are sharing on this platform. I don't know. Do you think that should be scaled back or moderated to some extent? I mean, there are privacy filters that can already be applied, but I don't know how effective they are at preventing criminal forms of let's take fraud as an example Mm -hmm. like somebody scales skims through your facebook uh profile and they find enough information that they're able to convince your bank that they're you and that they've simply forgotten a few key numbers and all of a sudden they have control of your assets you know how can we prevent those types of dangers you can't (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i mean this is one of those to me, I mean, it's a little bit of personal responsibility, but obviously, I mean, the platform needs to be secure in terms of uh, knowing what, by default, what you shouldn't be sharing unless uh, the user explicitly says, I want to share this information. But yeah, it, I think it's tricky because as we get more and more of our identity and our information into the internet, it's very becomes more and more easy for someone to spoof your identity mm-hmm. and take it essentially. They could even achieve it, I think, through images to an extent on one of the other platforms, just looking at the places you've been and mm-hmm. the interactions you've had with other people. They could start to build that spoof profile. One of the things that worries me most is deep fakes. Mm. Like I worry that a lot more deep fakes will start to happen and Especially in this next coming U.S. election, uh, they were already tried it on Nancy Pelosi, and they made her speech slurred, and then they tried to say that she was drunk or whatever it was, or sick or something like that. So I worry that these deep fakes are going to come up, and you could essentially take somebody's identity through that, right? Like you could create these videos as if you are that person. Yeah, certainly a huge political ramification for deep fakes. I watched the the one on a TED Talk once with the different Obamas, and they said, which one's the real Obama? None of them are real. <laughs> and you thought at least one was. But yeah, deepfakes are uh, progressing very quickly. There are People are working on algorithms to try to identify deepfakes, but at the end of the day, it's kind of a cat and mouse game where mm-hmm. your detection methods are trying to outpace the creation methods. And um, But it, I feel like also, I mean, let's say we did we did a deep fake uh, on Trump, it would still not surprise us if he said something He's so outrageous. extreme, exactly. yeah. There's nothing <laughs> like, surprising. No, exactly. Even if you did something crazy, everyone's just going to nod their heads and still probably vote for him. <laughs> Some people be like, well, I guess this is who we are now. So we've taken it to that other level yeah. we didn't even know existed. But then do you think it's the same the other way around, that if you do a deep fake on... I don't know, Elizabeth Warren, and then convince people who are maybe the Trump-Obama voters um, that, oh, like, Warren's not worth voting for, so I'm going to vote for Trump again. I think that's a risk. I mean, really, the 
the deciders are really going to be the people in the middle, right? I mean, people are mm-hmm. already on their camps that are going to either vote for uh, Trump or they're going to vote for a Democrat, and it's really the people in the middle that will be making a decision in November. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I'm worried about that election. <laughs> yeah. Well, statistically speaking, Trump is probably going to win. <laughs> this, oh, I no. mean, usually the uh, in the re-election, the president typically gets re-elected. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> On that cheery note, I'm going to quickly redirect us to uh, the last bit of information that I looked up, and that was about... Um, kind of an anti-censorship bend to this one. It's about the YouTube content creators and how their videos can be flagged for the smallest little inclusion of media that maybe they don't entirely own, but they've used it for some critical essay purpose. But then their content gets yanked and all the revenue that they were, were generating through their YouTube channel gets yanked as well. I think that is actually really interesting as well because YouTube has been cracking down on uh, demonetizing a lot of videos um, because they don't want to risk losing advertisers. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the reason why they've been spending a lot of effort on uh, demonetization of a lot of videos. The moment you have you know, a tiny piece of content that, you know, a glimpse of content that isn't yours, or you mention anything related to LGBT, you're demonetized. Really? Yep. I didn't know about the LGBT thing. Because uh, of the uh, sensitive nature of the content, uh, it it gets flagged, and uh, they want to avoid the advertisers making a fuss about. So, for example, if the... In the U.S., the million moms, you know. The yeah, one million moms. One million moms. Like at the moment they make a fuss, um, advertisers get scared. Not even one million moms. It's like ten. But they're so loud. <laughs> ten but... with the voice of one million. <laughs> exactly. And that's the issue is that they're so loud. It's mm-hmm. whoever is the loudest in society. Yeah. Yeah. And those that disagree with them, like, it's not an issue to us. We don't care. And so we don't speak up mm-hmm. quite as loudly. Yeah. So yeah. there have been a lot of like LGBT content that has been demonetized because they talk about sex. Because what I mean, you're an LGBT person, right? I mean, the topic of sex eventually I comes feel up. Feel like this is a whole can that I actually didn't even know about that there was so much censorship of yeah. LGBT content. But you know, on, YouTube. on the flip side, there are also conservatives that are arguing <laughs> about the censorship because you know their content is too controversial for advertisers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's YouTube has a really big challenge here because they are trying to m- create money. And actually, from my understanding, they're actually not that profitable, like uh, the YouTube platform. So I would hope that the creators are, are receiving. Sorry, the creators are making money, but actually, as a business, the YouTube business. the YouTube business is actually not very profitable. Right. So that's why there's so much pressure for them to not lose advertisers. Right. Money makes everything worse. <laughs> Money is guiding our moral politics, unfortunately. Yeah. And I've been thinking ever since you talked about, Kenny, ever since you talked about the argument that we are selling our data to these social media platforms mm-hmm. and getting nothing in return, like it makes Well, me... that's Andrew Yang's argument. Oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> well, you talked about it. Yeah. 
though, Andrew Yang's yeah. argument. <laughs> Yang gang. You know what? I really come Yang around Yang. to Yang. I am actually really rooting for him now, and I didn't before. <laughs> You've convinced me. Anyways, but like how we're selling our personal data, but they're still making money off this ad revenue, and they're making money doubly off our data from the ad revenue mm-hmm. because there's that algorithm, fist. right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing how like money is driving this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we should we should be shareholders of that, and we should get a dividend. Yeah, a freedom dividend. dividend. A freedom <laughs> dividend. <laughs> but it's making me really like conflicted it. about whether or not I should be on Facebook because my like my output, what I'm getting, is is not as much as my input, what I'm giving away. Mm-hmm. But the, see. Yeah. Uh, even though, so I, I mentioned earlier uh, before we start recording that I'm not really um, active on Facebook. And I mean, th- that's one of the reasons I just didn't really want to give too much of my activity and my preferences to Facebook. But the only problem is Facebook has been very good at acquiring other platforms. I was just going to say, Which yeah. means the, the two other platforms that I use a lot right now are Instagram and WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Can Both you woke them, up one morning with a Facebook account? <laughs> Both of them are still owned by Facebook, so they still have my information. They still got mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. We even have an Instagram for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're giving like, in to we're we're, it a The Facebook. tentacles are already wrapped around us. I know. And, I, yeah, and the, I'm just and so the Facebook advertising platform is just so easy because you can not only do Facebook ads, you can also simultaneously turn it into Instagram ads as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just make it so easy for anyone to buy ads. Yeah. I don't know. What is the answer then? How do I not feel conflicted about being a part of Instagram and Facebook? Like, I don't know if there's a way to not feel it. Why don't you just join TikTok and support the Chinese government? <laughs> Perfect. Well, <laughs> All my students are on TikTok, and it's so annoying because at the end of class, I'll see them like dancing, and I'm like, "Stop making TikToks already! Put up your chairs, go home." This actually sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> Every dance gives a one more cent to the Chinese government. Oh yeah, TikTok makes you dance. I think I kind of love this platform. (laughs) Everyone's dancing and everyone's... Well, I asked my kids what it is because I don't understand (gasps) it. Because I was like, all I see is you guys dancing. Like, is that all it is? It's just you guys dancing? They're like, no, it's so much more. And like... It's It's short video. Essentially, it's like, you know, Instagram is your platform to view pictures. But TikTok is like very short videos. Is it like a Vine? It's like a vine. Okay. It's the yep. new vine. It's the, it's the new, new vine. vine. Yeah. All right. Except there's always music that's playing in the background from what I've gathered because I was like, is it just dancing and stuff? And then one of my students showed me a video of her just like, like I don't know, sitting there and there's music playing in the background. And I was like, that's still like a dancing yeah. video. Like, this is uh, ridiculous. But to be honest, so I, I have kind of perused TikTok. Their al- you? Their algorithm is really good. Like, I mm. think the reason why TikTok is... Um, so popular is the algorithm's really good at giving you what you want to see and it quickly learns what you want to see within the first few videos so uh within a few minutes my tiktok was filled with cat videos (laughs) (laughs) nailed you down in seconds yeah yeah they nailed me down that's funny yeah 
So it it's yeah. I mean, whoever developed the algorithm is really smart. <laughs> Do you still have a TikTok account? Yeah. Okay, and you don't feel conflicted about your information going to the Chinese government? I'm okay now because I'm not posting anything on mm-hmm. there. I mean, the only information they know is really my preference because they For know they they know what I like to watch, and it's not about even like clicking the the. They have it's basically a heart, so similar to um, Instagram. Like it's not about just what you click. I it really is also calculating the algorithm based on how long you're staring at the video as well. So if it knows that you uh, are staring at the cat video more times or multiple times. What if I got up to use the washroom? It'll figure that out. (laughs) It'll figure out based on like subsequent uh, videos. So it's actually a really well-constructed algorithm. Sounds like it. Yeah. Aren't they still getting some information from you, though? Like, do they know your IP address and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, they do. So, but, I mean, I don't know how useful that is other than look. I mean, it's useful because of location, because uh, it's also really good. I remember my first few videos were also about Tim Hortons. Mm. Like, they had people doing videos uh, related to Tim Hortons. And then recently, there uh, there's videos on the snow in, like, uh, Newfoundland. So they right. kind of know, based on your location, what are you probably likely to be interested in. That looked bad in Newfoundland. I've only seen the CBC article, but I'm seeing snow piles, like, up as high as houses. It looks intense. Yeah. So, oh, okay. But going back to how right. do we how do we solve this, uh, other than giving your information to the Chinese government? I give up. I'm just going to give it away now. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. All of my yeah. information. I just want my money for it. I want my dividend. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how we avoid this, because we we get some value, I think, right? I mean, it, so, like, for example, I use Instagram a lot, and I find, I mean, there's a little bit of value in it. I get to see things that I want to sure, see. Sure, we get the networking value. We get mm-hmm. connected to people and things that we want to see and interact mm-hmm. with. We've, we organize this podcast via Facebook, or at least you and I do. Rory and I text. Right. <laughs> I have to be the intermediary because Rory doesn't really use Facebook. <laughs> I have to be like, okay, I'm going to go on Messenger and message Kenny, and then I'm going to message Rory on my texting. It's a good thing you're here, Sherry. <laughs> if it were Rory and Kenny, the train would get decoupled all the time. Texting? Who texts anymore? <laughs> well, Rory does. <laughs> So like honest, I, actually, I do... I, that is a little bit of a serious question because I actually don't know who I text anymore. <laughs> serious? I don't really text. The only people I text with are my is my mom. My wife doesn't use social media, so I text her. Really? Yeah. Okay. She's she hates it. Yeah. Mm. She has like a almost like a burner account just for work, just to connect with like people. But she doesn't have a picture. She doesn't have information about herself on there. It's just, like, to connect with networking stuff. But, like, yeah, she hates Facebook. So, I mean, there's some value in social media. um, But, I mean, for you guys, do you feel like there's enough value to want to keep it? Or are you going to, after this podcast, delete all your accounts? Oh, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to, even though I barely use it, I'm still not going to delete it because I... I see the value in it in terms of every once in a while I will connect with someone or, you know, learn about some event that I might actually want to attend mm-hmm. through Facebook. 
I think, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this is I about... scale back my information, though. You, that might yes. be my take-home, is uh, the place of birth and stuff like that might be disappearing from my Facebook pretty but soon. They, but they already know it. You already entered sure. it. Yeah, it's already in yeah, there. Yeah, it, it's published, I yeah, know. They know. No matter, even if you delete it, they know. <laughs> so Yeah, even just going on their platform, they can tell your IP address. They know where you're coming from. Yeah, it's too late. I typed it the first time, and of course, <laughs> they can locate me through IP location. Yeah, so um, this needs to be controlled by regulations, like at the end, end of the day. I thought you were anti-regulation. Mm-hmm. That was the stance he took for devil's advocate's sake. Oh, now maybe we'll get the true well, opinion. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm for reasonable regulations. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I think the, the reality is with uh, these social media companies, the, the nature of startups should be do as much as you can, kind of push the boundaries, which I think is great. Like I want uh, social media companies and startups to push the boundaries. You know, we have Uber pushing the boundaries of um, uh, taxi regulations. We have social mm-hmm. media pushing the boundaries of uh, media dissemination regulations. But I think this is where I think we need to kind of uh, uh, put some smart people together to try to figure out the right regulations to create the right incentives for companies. I, I, I'm not really about, uh, for me, it's not about trying to create banning this or banning that or breaking up companies A, B, and C, but it's about trying to set up the right infrastructure and incentives to get the right behaviors out of companies and people. I, like I've said before, I want to have a say over what information I give. So mm-hmm. if I decide to give you my location, Maybe I get like a hundred bucks in the mail or something, mm-hmm. right? Like I should be allowed to sell my information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, to me, that makes sense. To I mean, if you're gonna profit from my data, I feel like I should get a share of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since you're the the source, the data originates with you. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. I would do so many surveys. Like, yeah, I'd be all over it. <laughs> Give me your money, please. <laughs> Much more active internet participant. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, as it is, I feel really com- like I feel really conflict uh, conflicted. I just want like I just want to delete my Facebook and start over. Like I kind of every time I go on Facebook, I'm like I don't want to post anything. I don't want to add anything to things I've said. I feel like I just want to go back and like wash my slate clean because mm. I'm sure I said some stupid stuff when I was a kid because I was. Started in university, right? Like It's too late. (laughs) It's too late. I've already said some, like, I already said, like, oh, go into McDonald's to eat a burger. (laughs) And that was my status. Like, (laughs) It'll lay dormant until your political career takes off. Then someone will find it. (laughs) Exactly. The vegans are going to go after you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But for... For me, you know, I, I'm kind of on the stance that I, I don't want Facebook to be policing content uh, because to me, actually, that's in the wrong direction we should be going in. You know, I while, you know, I I like certain aspects of corporations, I don't think corporations should have the power to kind of police content. And, and I, I think that is why um, uh, allowing Facebook to not police content is okay. It doesn't mean that they have really solved all their problems because clearly there's still problems. But I think definitely at the top of my priority is 
Facebook should not be policing content. Like uh, that starts a slippery slope with uh, corporations controlling content. Because when at the end of the day, I, I'm thinking of worst case scenario. You know, you still have Trump in the government. If if Facebook is forced to police content, Facebook is a U.S. company. Like they could be pressured legally to um, police the right content in quotations. <laughs> I I think. It's a balancing act where you have, you know, I'm with you. I totally don't want the content being policed. I want as much free speech as possible in that realm. And at the other side, finding some way to prevent certain moneyed interests from speaking the loudest on these platforms, which is why I think just some sort of responsibility imposed on Facebook and other providers to only allow so much and whether that means capping the amount of revenue they get from certain people who are wanting to provide content on their site. Mm -hmm. If that's the avenue, then that's the avenue. Mm -hmm. There we go. Okay, cool. We solved it. No, <laughs> no I, I feel like this is going to be an ongoing topic and I'm sure other things are going to pop up and other issues will pop up in the future. And It won't be settled by an overly general statement like mine. Yeah. Well, Many details to be figured out. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, let's jump on board the TikTok bandwagon or else we're going <laughs> to fall behind. You need to teach me about TikTok. As soon as we wrap, you guys are going to teach me how to use the TikToks. <laughs> I don't understand it. Just like I don't understand Snapchat. My kids just take pictures of their foreheads and I don't understand why <laughs> they say it's like the, it's the prettiest part of them that day and so they want to emphasize that i don't understand it's pictures of the ceiling what are we doing i walk past them in class and they're trying to hide their phone at the same time but like it's a picture of the ceiling <laughs> so they missed the forehead they just caught nothing but ceiling that time well yeah sometimes it's just ceiling and just like a phrase that they wrote a caption sherry you you know 10 years ago this is what people were saying why sherry Posting about she's going to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> We're the uh, old folks now. We I are know. the old folks. And I feel old when I see my students do this and I question what is their <laughs> thought process. I don't know. I feel so old. <laughs> mm. I will never get my youth back. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Oh. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on this wonderful discussion on social media and how we're old next time we're going to talk about reparations yay yay oh that's not happy <laughs> <laughs> we really should find something happy to we will i think intersperse yeah. our episodes i think we should so maybe uh, cats we're still we'll brainstorm go cats train yeah. cats and cat videos yeah well let's end off on a happy note you know the Definitely, if you're really interested in cats, there are lots of great cat memes on the internet and social media. <laughs> I'll, I'll post some links. <laughs> if the internet is good for anything, it's cat memes and cat videos. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Thanks, everyone. Till next time. See ya. Bye. By the way, I saw the new Star Wars. It made me sad on so many levels. I did. I heard too. horrible things. It was a half hour too long. They needed to take out the talking to Luke and Leia. It was about two and a half hours too long. <laughs>
Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I agree with that. And I didn't even, like, I kind of liked the first two. But then this one came, and it just took everything I liked about the first two and, like, threw it through a fan service blender, and out came this nasty slurm of a product, and everything about it made me sad. There's only one person we can blame, JJ. He did write it, didn't he? Yes, he did. Then, yeah. He basically took the previous director's work and decided, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. And it's very apparent because a lot of interesting plot threads from the previous one are just thrown away. And there's a lot of rushed nonsense, like Kylo Ren's redeemed, and now he's not going to say a single word for the rest of the movie. He's just going to run in, do stuff, and die. You know what I saw recently that I'm really into now? The Expanse. Yeah, I started watching I've it. always liked The Expanse. I started watching What's it. What's The Expanse? A much better space opera. So it was brought up by uh, on our podcast before. Oh, and uh, then I probably was like, oh, I want to watch that. And yeah. then I and then just you forgot, forgot all about it. So yeah. uh, The Expanse is basically into the future after humans have colonized Mars and the asteroid belt. Okay. And all the same problems we have today end up in the solar system. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think someone has described it as Game of Thrones, but in space. Okay. My yeah. favorite space thing is still Firefly. It's an epic one. Have you seen Firefly? Bits and pieces. Okay. Nathan Fillion? Oh my god. He is pretty fun. I yeah. like Nathan Fillion. I'd go straight for Nathan. Yeah. The hammer. <laughs> the is hammer. Mine. <laughs> okay, never mind. Have you watched that now? Oh yeah. Yes, you have. Captain Hammer is the win. Because <laughs> didn't you, last time we referenced it, you hadn't watched it? Oh and no. We made I, all these references or something. I there saw something. Dr. Horrible in um, third year of my undergrad, a okay. long time ago. There was something that we referenced. That was really funny. Oh, maybe it went over my head because I'd what? forgotten. In a previous episode that About Rory doc- was like, I don't understand. You were referencing Dr. Horrible? I thought we were referencing Dr. Horrible. Maybe it wasn't that. No, well, I think it was something else mm. because we all laughed at the hammer joke, <laughs> if I recall. Okay. <laughs> I had to bleep it. <laughs> oh, did you? Uh, oh, yeah, the <laughs> part. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Now to bleep that. 